With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's that rebel music. 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 That's that rebel. That's that rebel. That's that rebel music. Welcome, welcome, Landsharks. After dark, back with you again. Uh, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. Of course, I am your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, joined by my co-host, just like I am every week, John Stefanzik. John, how you doing today, bud? We're doing good. We're plugging along. A snowy Monday up here. I think there's about four inches on the ground outside, but not beautiful, my problem. Beautiful, sunny day here in Mississippi. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to have snow on the ground in April. That is something else. Um, yep. But, uh... Uh, an eventful week, I guess you could say, for the Rebels. Ole Miss uh, cancels slash postpones the midweek game with Memphis. They're going to play that in April. Uh, goes on the road in Starkville. Drops the first two games of the series um, in pretty depressing fashion, John. Pretty reminiscent of last season's approach to the plate where I feel like last season we just saw a whole lot of pitchers throw complete games against us. That's exactly what happened on uh, Friday and Saturday with Dakota Hudson and uh, Sexton, I don't know what Sexton's Zach Sexton, I don't know what Sexton's first name is, but those are the those are the Friday Saturday starters for state, and they're really good. I mean, there there's there's no way getting around it. Dakota Hudson's a, a future first round draft pick. Um, totally shut Ole Miss down on, on Friday night. As I said, through a complete game, um, but really, I I don't I don't know what Mississippi State really has besides those two guys. The defense is. Shaky at times. The hitting is um, ups and downs for sure. Um, but the the rest of the pitching doesn't really seem to be there. I, I was really most disappointed, John, that Ole Miss couldn't get past those two guys into the pen because, as we saw on Sunday, uh, when Ole Miss was able to salvage a game in the series, they really don't have much pitching behind those guys. I was kind of disappointed that we weren't able to, to work through that a little bit better. Um Basically, the story is the same for Ole Miss. You throw dominant pitching at them, they're going to really struggle on offense. And if they make any mistakes on their own starting pitching or on defense, um, it's just not going to work out. Um, we saw that against Brendan McKay in Louisville. We saw that against three games against South Carolina, um, Friday night against Tennessee, and, and now we saw it Friday and Saturday against State. But, John, um, I, I don't know how much of the games you got to watch this weekend, but uh, what would you take away from the, the one and two result? I didn't, you know, watching that series, I don't think State's that great of a baseball team. And, that, and really, their record, if you dove into it, they appeared to have two starting pitchers and then not a lot of depth behind them based on their inability to win midweek games consistently. But right. yet they go and take two out of three at Nashville from Vandy. And that, and we'll see after watching them in person, that con- confirms it. Ole Miss jumps out quick uh, Friday night, the first inning, and then gets two guys picked off base. Yeah, off that, was, nothing, that was bad. I, I nothing other than that. just pure dumbassery. And then I forget, somebody else got picked off a couple innings later. But they had three guys get picked off, and that just killed their momentum. Well, didn't, I think Errol, didn't Errol make the first out at third? Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Uh, Blackman got caught off the bag at second. Yep. I mean, they just, it was just pure. I mean, this team. 
what's what's annoying about this team is that mentally you have to you have to question them mentally. Those base running errors were a great summarization, um, and then their fielding percentage is awful. Yeah, really I mean, bad. Their, defi- their their lapses on defense are bad. Nine sixty nine as a team. About to say uh, yeah, that's not pulling good. it up. Colby Bortles, it feels like, is actually pretty good in terms of you – know, well, I think better. Colby Bortles is Ole Miss's best defender outside of maybe J.B. Woodman slash Camishon, something like that. He's only got 9-10 fielders, which is weird. Yeah. Versus, look at Blackman's at 9-48, and he's been inconsistent at best. And then Errol's – I don't know how Errol's 9-64. Well, Errol, was, he didn't have any defensive miscues this weekend that I saw, but he's – He's been spotty. It's been a – I mean, their outfield defense has played pretty well, but their infields. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun made a great catch on Sunday. Uh, did that make top ten? I'm not sure, but it should have. It was amazing. should have. Oh, he was good. Goals has got a 979 fielding <laughs> percentage, but he's – I've watched him boot a few balls too. I mean, yeah, they're, no, he's definitely still adjusting at first base. I mean, that's – that and the base running gaps make you wonder what is – I mean, you would think these are things that if they happen the first couple weeks of the year, you'd be like, fine. It's the right. opening. They're getting settled in. It's February. This crap's been going on for a while now, and the base running thing almost seems like it's – Friday was a team that got out quick, stuck its head up its ass, and then started pressing and couldn't do anything. Bramlett was great through five innings. State finally State yeah. got a couple runs off of them in the sixth, and they had to go to the pin. And then they lose up losing the game three one because they just can't mount anything offensively. They don't. They let Hudson go and pitch a complete game shutout. Don't get the state's pin. Same thing happens Saturday. They get they get to other pe- people not name a uh, Hudson and Sexton on Sunday and they score eight runs. It's kind of amazing. And really, what what was what, what tells you how bad state's bullpen is is that when they got back back within a run six five after the eighth. Yeah. On Sunday, they turn around and they give up two runs in the top of the ninth. If they had come, if they had shut Ole Miss down in the top of the ninth, made a one-run game with, say, Parkinson or someone, you know, because Wyatt had already been burned at that point. I question who closes that game. I don't. St- I don't trust Stokes' fastball command. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Stokes well, is really out there for contact. I guess Parkinson would have finished the game, but who knows? I mean, or maybe if you need, you'd put Wolfhook out there to throw fast. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Or I mean, but, Pat, if you want control, you could have run Pagnazzi out there. I don't that's know. That's true. He pro- he he could have been a candidate as well. But but yeah, no, I I agree totally. Well, I think State's like best closer candidate is like also a third baseman or an outfielder like Reed Humphreys. I think I, is I a closer know. too. So I mean, that's yeah, their pin is shaky at best. Yeah, I don't know their team that well to be honest. They they just I mean their lineup seemed decent, but I mean I think if Ole Miss's lineup can. Well, this lineup isn't just isn't a barn burners, but they're not as bad as they've been hitting. Although the the, the problem is, is they can't put an order together. They have individual pieces they can contribute, but I mean, some yeah, they put old, that, yeah. they put Olenek in the two hole and kicked Errol down in the eight hole. Errol finally got a couple hits. It doesn't. It was awesome. Leave Errol down in the eight hole, like Jesus. Yeah. The point is, is you, if you can just get something from the bottom of the lineup and then something out of the two hole, and then they'll start scoring runs. But otherwise, they're too. Uh, they're too fragmented to do anything. So, I guess I mean that was kind of my. I mean, Sean Johnson didn't go that far on Sunday. Smith got run out of the game fast on Saturday. I saw, and I'm, I admit mean, this is this is Chase Parham of Rebel Grove's idea suggestion. They said it on the podcast this morning, so it's public content. I and I 
I think it's worth noting. He's, he mentioned the idea of putting Smith in the bullpen and, and maybe starting Brady Feigl or somebody else in the starters role. Yeah, I, it's just that's all over the place because last week, like before the State Series, uh, Jacob Threadgill asked Parham if we should consider starting Wyatt on Friday nights, and he said that Chad Smith would be a Friday a better Friday night candidate than Wyatt. So, like, I really think the the opinions of this staff are incomplete at this point. Wyatt should, I Wyatt should stay in the pen because he's proven he can he can come out of the pen three times over a weekend if he needs to. Or if you save twice. him the first two days, which has been kind Just, of Mike's plan, he can give you six, yeah, innings, seven. He, innings he, he can give you an extended outing, but he's not, I wouldn't necessarily want to start him because he's because he's proven he can be a, the durable closer role, and you want a guy back there. I I like the idea of I would strongly entertain the idea of Feigl starting on Saturdays. Um, I mean, Feigl's been really good too. I think either one of them, if Mike thinks it's a, if Mike sees it, I'd be Feigl, fine. Feigl being a freshman, you can start improving him for a long term. Yeah. I know you're worried about this season, but he's more of a long term deal as well. I and Smith can be a guy in the pen. That's I would look hard at doing that. Bramlett's been the the other thing is do you throw somebody different out there Friday and back Bramlett up to Saturday because Bramlett on Saturday is a really good matchup. He's kind of he's kind of where yeah. Christian Christian Trent was last year. He's like he's he's a really good Saturday guy, but not quite what you you know your ideal Friday situation. So, I mean, I can the other like you said, I could I could see an argument to put Wyatt, if you put Wyatt on Friday and then Bramlett Saturday, Johnson Sunday, or maybe you could even go back to Pagnazzi on Sunday if you Johnson ran into trouble, or flip MacArthur and Johnson. I don't know, pick pick your poison there. But you put then put Smith in the pen. Do you trust Chad Smith closing games? He throws a hard slider that would be good for strikeouts in the eighth and ninth inning. I think that I could see that. I don't know. It, it's there's a lot of uncertainty. I think my move, if I were making a decision, I, I would start Feigl on Saturdays. I, Smith, Chad Smith can help you, but it's not as a starting pitcher, at least this year. That's my two Who cents. Who knows? Let's uh, let's take our weekly dive uh, into some old Miss statistics here. Michael Fitzsimmons still uh, leading the team in batting average at 410. Obviously, cooling off some. It's hard to stay, you know, up around 500 the entire season. Um, but he still, he got some hits this weekend. It's not like he's totally fallen off a cliff or anything. Henry Lartigue had a good weekend. He's he's the uh, the leading teammate of everyday players. I'd say him and Tate both right there at about three forty. Um, they, I mean they're solid hitters, John. I I think if if you can retool the lineup some. So let's talk about that Sunday lineup. We had Golson leading off right, and then Olenek, and then Woodman, uh, B- Woodman Bortles Blackman. Right, Lartigue is that? Yeah, yeah. I got. I took Woman's a picture. Portal, Black I took a picture. Sent it to you on the phone. Let me look it yeah, up. Yeah, you did. You did do that. I, I was pretty I positive. That's what it is. You know, I could almost. Yeah, you had it. I could almost. That's their best lineup. Period. Golson's a righty. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, I, so what about Lartigue in the two hole as a switch hitter? Uh, I could see that. I mean, he's been there. He's Golson, seen... Lartigue, Woodman, Bortles, Blackman. I mean, that's... I, like, I like Lartigue in the five six hole. He seems to have he's, he's had some of his better games in those spots. But, but once again, we have a hole in the top of the order that we don't know who to like. Oh, it's not Olenek. Olenek's not your everyday answer. <sighs> who else you gonna put in the two hole? Errol, and that sucks, and we don't want that. No, we need Errol. 
honest to God, if they did they did Sunday, go for it. Olenek scrappy. I think the team Olenek. I agree. Scrappy. I like Olenek's approach. He's a play. scrappy player that tends to make things happen. Put him in the two hole and just get something going. You surround him by Woodman, Blackman, and Bortles, and just go for it. It's yeah. kind of my. I mean, I like the Sunday lineup. But I'll be interested to see if that's who they run out tomorrow against Southern Miss. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going down here. Um, Deshaun should be the full time right fielder. I know he's averaging great, but, but defensively, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think, but and I mean, Kyle made a great play in center field. So really, the I think the problem is we have one too many outfielders defensively. Kyle doesn't really deserve to be in the lineup right now, hitting two hundred. Yeah, I mean, you would ideally between Cloyd Watson and Deshaun. I think you would, I, I think it's, two of those guys for a. For somebody with a bat, and then right. you have one of the, you know, so I think you probably you okay. Let's see here. Olenek is a righty, correct? Uh, yes. Is that right? Because this lineup is lefty, righty, righty, right. Uh, it's lefty. Right. Then no, no, no. Fl- Olenek's a lefty, right? Because this is righty, uh, lefty, no, he, righty, lefty. No, no, no. Olenek's a righty. I mean, the, the lineup on Sunday so the is lefty, is righty, righty, lefty, lefty, righty switch. Is that right? No, where, where are you getting that from? Hang on here. Is it Golson or righty? So Golson or Lenick or righty is yeah. Is, is Woodman a righty too, or is he a lefty? Woodman's a lefty, and Bortles a lefty, right? No, Bortles a righty. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Come on, which direction does Colby's ass stick? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. You're right. So we just have no, we just have no lefties. We, but you need Cloyd or Perdzok would be the guy to balance. Would be ideally the guys to balance the lineup. But this whole platoon thing, none of these guys, they're just not good enough to be in a platoon. This is these nine guys should be in the lineup. Now, how you want to sort it out, and then you can pinch hit Perdzok and whatnot. But these, are, I mean, this is. This is what you do. I'd look at putting Lartigue up in the five hole and Golson in the six potentially. But then again, Lartigue kind of wait. Does then that. who leads off? Woodman. I, I, I lead off Woodman. You're gonna I'd lead, lead off Woodman. This is the first I'm hearing of this. I thought you put liked your, Woodman put in your the best three hitter hole. at the top of the lineup and just let him have at it. I thought you liked Woodman in the three hole. I mean, that, that's if they actually had enough players to put a real nine man lineup together. They don't yeah. have that, so we're just having to let's let's admit we are using duct tape, and then let's see how we can do it with this with duct tape. I just I worry that Mike's not going to do that. He did it Sunday and snapped a five game losing streak. But Golson still let off. I mean, he didn't. All he really did Sunday was move down the person that's hitting the worst on the team. That's what he really did, and everything Golson, else. Is Golson hit fifth. Oh, I thought Golson let off. Who let off? Uh, he, Woodman let off. It was Woodman Olenek. Oh, I totally missed that somehow. I was watching this game, too. I don't know what's going on. Okay, and this makes sense while we were... I, yeah, I assumed you were looking I was at the saying Golson print, was... Like, oh, no, Olsen. I wasn't looking at it. I was trying to write it down. Sorry, dear listeners. This has been... This is a great pod. This is a good pod where we're just saying different things entirely. All right, I'll pull All up right. the lineup now. I didn't know Woodman let off. That sounds... That's fine. I mean, it's interesting. Just the, the hell with it. Put him out there. I mean, Errol's your theoretical leadoff hitter. He's in the eight hole, so you can have eight nine one. Deshaun could be your theoretical two. Yeah, uh, you can. You okay, know. okay. Well, if we're talking about effectiveness of a non-traditional lineup, then I think we need to look at the box score. Yeah, no, they had. I mean, they scored eight runs Sunday. It went off great pitching, but I'm just going off body. I mean, Errol's. A, 
Harrell was an out machine until he got a couple hits. But he, but in the eight hole, it doesn't it doesn't matter as much. Like I said, oh oh Olenek's really popular on the team. When he does things, the whole dugout responds to it. If yeah. nothing else, for emotion, you know, for the psychological side of things, put him in the two hole. I mean, you might have to move it move it back around later when you know scouting reports adjust and whatnot. But that's how I would go about it. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the lineup now. Oh yeah, and Tate in the three hole, yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only way you can do it. If you're going to move JB out of the three, I think Tate's... I mean, Tate or Henry, one of those two, I could see being a three-hole hitter. I think Tate... Yeah, either one of those. I like Tate in the three. Colby's got a back. I mean, I wouldn't... That's fixed. I, I mean, disregarding mixing up the handedness, right? I Woodman, Blackman... Lartigue, Bortles, Golson would be something too. But so I don't know. Woodman, Blackman, Lartigue, Bortles, Golson. Yeah. And then, and then you DH. Yeah. And then either your Fitzsimmons, Perzog, or your Olenek. Fitzsimmons in the sevens, right form. Deshaun in the nine. I mean, yeah. Errol can stay in the eight unless he gets it. I mean, what if hypothetically, Errol starts hitting after he actually had a good game Sunday. I know. If he starts hitting, we got to move him back then put up. Then you flip him in Olenek and leave this lineup alone. But Gols- hasn't he done some of his best hitting career-wise from the seven? Yeah, hole? he was good in the nine hole. Right, exactly. And he was good. Yeah, he, he's, he's never deep, been a top-of-the-order guy. No, he's not. He, he's just not. He's not a. He's not a so he's hopefully, a, we can just leave him down there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Know. And Golson, Golson in the five holes better. He Golson's not a leadoff hitter. But the worst part is when Ariel's down at the bottom of the order. You know, you'll be plugging along, you'll be hitting, you're like getting through the five and six, and then you're like, oh, this is so nice. And then like you have that moment of realization, you're like, oh no, oh no, Ariel's gonna come up soon. Oh God, why, why, God, why? And that's just kind of you know, that's something about having him down there. He's always looming over you, like uh, you know. A test that you got to turn in the next day. You know, Errol Robinson's going to have to bat at some point. <laughs> I wish we could just let's just. He had two hits <laughs> I know, on I know. Sunday, and he, and he forced two errors from the opposing team. Even the if even if Errol Robinson he got it above the Mendoza, yeah, line. no, oh yeah, that's he really should be under two hundred. Like that's that's so lucky. Look, but I mean, well, we were on the road. Well, we were on the road, so they real those really were errors, right? They didn't score him as hits. I don't. It doesn't matter. They should have been errors. I don't, base I don't care what they he, he were legit, scoring. College, every every college time scored. he gets on base, it's an error, man. It's it's like unbelievable at this point. But all I right, know he had two hits. I remember. In all seriousness, we've been harping on Errol. It, this the problems with this team offensively are more than Errol. They half full. I mean, uh, yeah. Golson's uh, been shit. Let's just say it. Um, Deshaun yeah. hasn't been good. No. Well, four home and Woodman runs. and Bortles tend to press. That's what happens here. I think Woodman well, and Bortles have been really Arteague good. Arteague has the most mature approach on the team. He's actually that's, pretty good. That's team. true, actually. They need, like, Arteague to rub off on everybody. I I think I think Bortles has a pretty mature approach. 
Yeah, Bortles is solid. I mean, he, I mean look at Bortles' OPS for a power. Bl- bl- you know, Blackman, that's who I'm, Blackman's the guy that needs just to relax and start hitting a little more. And he's still okay. hitting 340, even though he's pressing. Yeah, but, uh, but no, yeah, I mean, Colby that's, Bortles. That's, that's riding uh, non conference baseball. We need Blackman to like, hit in actual conference but, play. Listen, Col- Bortles having a 444 on base, like, that's a, that's a good approach for a power. Bortles has been good this year. Yeah, I. I See, I'm not I'm not super worried from this result. Honestly, honestly, if I'm a state fan, I'm happy that I won the series, but I'm worried because two starting pitchers can't take you very far in the postseason. Well, they can, but the, yeah, they're, they're going to run into you you would be worried about them getting tired. And all, I mean, I mean, you're not going to win a regional. John, you can't win a regional with two pitchers. No, they could they could win an SEC regular champ regular season championship and lose a regional like that. I don't know, man. Four game just, regional is it, weird. Yeah, no, that, that, I would be worried about a about a regional. They would have to sweep the regional. Yeah, they need to win the first three. If they lose one, it gets real sketchy for them. I don't, uh, I don't know. You, you think about bringing Hudson back on short rest? Well, well what point. you would what they would argue is uh is you would bring is you would have Hudson Sexton and Hudson comes back right. on a. Like you, what, two you, days rest, right, you, or or you just concede the third game and it, try to win it. And if you don't, you know you're bringing Hudson back for the fourth game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, there's a long season left, but I guess the point I was trying to make in a roundabout way is Ole Miss has problems, but they still have a deep bullpen, which I think is something that's that's going to be really helpful uh, if you make it to that regional postseason play. You just got to figure out. It, it, it's like you said, it's little mistakes that are leading it. Like, for instance, that Saturday game when Will Stokes uh, caught Robson off the bag, had him dead to rights, but he threw the ball. Did you see this? He threw the ball uh, down the first base line, and Robson scored from first. Did you see this? Uh, I did not. Do you understand what I'm describing? He was yeah, on yeah, first base. It. He's ridiculously speedy. He just took off. This is the same cat that hit that inside the park grand slam last week. It's ridiculous, yep. but but it's mental errors, and the, the two guys getting getting uh, out on the base pass in the, in the first inning, and that happened multiple times this weekend, making outs in the base pass. Um, it's things that I think can be fixed. I'm not saying they're going to fix them, but there's still time, and the good news, John, let's look ahead. The SEC schedule is a lot softer moving forward from this point. It's funny because you were the one doing all the bitching via text message this weekend that you're giving me this Pollyanna, which I, I, I see it going either way. They have good bullpen. That's John, it's be, not uh, good pod if we just agree with each other. I, it's point and counterpoint. That's how the show gets made. You understand. Their, start, their starting pitching worries me. It worries me too. It's, it, it's a problem now. I'm declaring it a problem. Chad Smith, I mean – Chad and Johnson have not adjusted. They've gone the wrong way. And Bramlett's a Saturday guy having to pitch Friday. Bramlett's a five-inning guy. He's really good for five innings, but... Gosh. I don't, man. There's there's about three different paths that can go with starting pitching. Part of me says move Bramlett to Saturday because that's where he really belongs, then just figure out. Just... Just make something happen around Friday. I don't look at the the Mariners. Johnny Holstaff of Friday? That'd be intense. What'd the Mariners do? Uh, Shortstop booted a ball. Rangers lead. Sounds about right. Felix still got the bases loaded, but uh, I just yeah. I mean, who who do you or do you leave Bramlett put Feigl on Saturday? Maybe you try that, and if that doesn't go anywhere, I look at moving Bramlett on Saturday. Because at the end of the day, you got to win conference games, even if you have to get funky with your rotation sequence. That's fine. I mean, 
It is what it is. I don't know. I mean, you have Pagnazzi and Feigl, two guys that could pitch down the road. You have MacArthur. You could even move into the weekend. Anyway, well, big picture, though, here, here's what this team has to do. they got to find more some stability at starting pitcher, which is there's a lot of different ways to potentially get there. We'll see what happens. I'm curious. I think Mike has to make some kind of adjustment, first and foremost. Second of all, they got to start fielding the ball better defensively in the infield. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a joke right now. They're atrocious, and the fact that they haven't gotten better yet is really starting to get really alarming. They either If they're, if they're going to turn around and figure it out, now's the time to do so. But maybe maybe Sunday's game was the let's snap out of it deal. They have their slump early in the season. The schedule does kind of set up to where they can make a run. Uh, the schedule gets way softer here. So let's because okay, so we have Southern Miss tomorrow in the midweek, and then this weekend you get Arkansas and Oxford. Arkansas just lost a series to Missouri. Um, I really think that that you got to win two out of three from Arkansas. Yeah, it's over. It's they, over. They, if they lose a couple games, because I agree. Of they they stuff. have to win Friday and Saturday. And just hope for the sweep on Sunday because a sweep really helps your SEC record if you can get one. Yeah, that would put them back at five hundred, and then they can get going. Um, to Alabama, Alabama's slumping a little bit after going to LSU. I don't think LSU is that good this year. I mean, no, the thing they're is, not, they're not Alabama, good. Auburn, LSU, Georgia, all of those are winnable series. Exactly, and so, so all you, and all you have to do, you don't even have A&M to. Sweep. got beat, but I mean, honest, you just got to win the series. That state team compared to the Carolina team we saw was state team was notably lower in oh, talent. Yeah. I mean, that Carolina team's really good. Well, the so, Carolina team never, Ole Miss never had a shot at any game. The, the state series could have gone either way. The whole series, they just played they better should, in Ole game Miss two. Friday night, honestly. And, and game two, they had chances too, and they just couldn't uh, do it. They got Chad Smith hit right out of the building. State won that game, but I know what you're saying. I mean, Ole Miss should have won Friday, and they would should have taken the series if they hadn't been stupid. Nah, I remember, remember, okay, Chad Smith gave up the early homer, but then in that in that inning where we gave up all those runs, that was like defense. That wasn't just Chad Smith giving up those runs. I'll be, I didn't see that. It was 4 nothing by the time I got to the TV, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, remember, I was texting you about how mad I was about we gave up three <laughs> runs in the second, I think, and it was dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. Whatever. Um, so between starting pitching, defense, and then getting a lineup put together, that's three things that have to happen. Do we really think all three are going to happen? Basically, you just described also the three phases of the game. So, well, the bullpen. The bullpen's good. The outfield defense is good. Yeah, so like we're like 25% of the way to a good team. But you know what else they have, John? Still uh, number seven in the RPI. Oh, all of their metrics to host are still there and intact, and their schedule is good from so an That's RPI. why I, I – okay, so let's talk – let's say win two they from get, Arkansas. They, between Arkansas and Auburn, they have to go five and one because those are sub-100 RPI teams. they got to build their conference record up there. And if they, okay, so if they do that, and then – I mean, the record can be rebuilt real fast here. Yes. With with, with Arkansas, Bama, Auburn, LSU, four but weekends But there's a lot of moving parts here that have to happen. It's not like oh, absolutely. fix the rotation. But I, I guess my point is – of those four teams, none of them are notably more complete than Ole Miss is. No. No. I mean, I've. I, Ole Miss, I think, but I'm worried about Ole Miss being stupid. And stupid teams don't win that much. It's That's possible. My, yeah. No, I agree. They, they've made some really dumb mistakes. They, remind, they eerily remind me of this year's basketball team that just couldn't execute a scouting report. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. you know. Anyway, that was more time on baseball than I thought we'd spend, to admit. It was, yeah. But so, so this week, I mean, thir- Southern Miss thirteen RPI. This is they need to win. the Southern game be good to kind of flip some mojo around. It's in Pearl. I guess you'll be there. I assume. 
Yeah, you um, I told you. I said on the show, I, I got me and Bedwell really good tickets. That's right. I'll post, a, I'll post a photo on the uh, the Sharks After Dark Twitter account tomorrow night when we get to our seats. Send a tweet. I will. I'll tweet it out. Um, it's gonna suck, dude. I've been. I go to this game every year. I go to the Governor's Cup every year. Honestly, man, being an Ole Miss fan in Jackson kind of sucks because yeah, they're going to a game and right. You're surrounded it. by mouth breathers that love yeah. Southern Miss or State. Dude, the Southern Miss fans for this game come out of the freaking woodwork, man. Oh, uh, this is their Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. I don't they're know if you remember this. I don't know if you remember this last year. I had Southern Miss like baseball fan accounts like retweeting, like finding my tweets and shit about this game. Like these people, because I, I tweeted, and this is totally true, and this is still how I feel about this game. Like losing to Southern sucks, but the good news is I don't actually know any Southern fans. It's totally true. Like, I don't hear about it because there's no one to tell me about it. Like, who do you know that cheers for Southern? I had one friend of mine in high school. His parents went to Southern. I used to work for a guy that went to Southern with a guy that went to Southern for like a year. That's it. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, they, it's very serious to them. They've been really quiet lately because their football program has been just it, atrocious. It shambles, yeah. But, no, I mean, they get a little louder now. Even this past year. Then their, their coach took an OC job in the NFL. Like yeah, they I know. It's so funny. After, after like, and the best thing about that is he had to, like, bust his ass to put together the season that got him that job. Like, he, he tried super hard to get an OC job and get out of Hattiesburg, and it worked. Um, but yeah, no, like I went to this game in 2014 and went to Omaha and Southern Miss fans before the game were talking shit to us about how they were going to go to Omaha. And it was just like so ridiculous. I think they won too. Like this, this game is terrible, but I feel like it's my duty as an old Miss fan that lives in Jackson. You got to go. Yeah. James MacArthur is actually a good pitching prospect. He needs to go have a good game. Good prospect, but Quit Wednesday because yeah. this is. I mean, this is this, this is wins. another missing that can also hit really well. This this win's important because their RPI is so damn good. I mean, I would think MacArthur would be able to out. We get them. We get them twice in the next week. Um, yeah, we I'm do get them in Oxford. It'll be interesting to see how MacArthur does tomorrow, and then what kind of bearing that has do on you, who gets yeah, to start on the thirteenth. I was going to say, do you put Pagnazzi in there on the 13th? I think it season? depends on how he does, right? Yeah. Anyway, it also may depend on what happens against Arkansas this weekend. Do yeah, you look who, at who, who you burn. And, I mean, it's now, been, it's now been more than a week since Pagnazzi even threw, since the Memphis game got canceled. He didn't pitch at all against State. Yeah. So, I mean, has, has MacArthur been announced for tomorrow? I mean, it could also be Pagnazzi just as easily. It could be. I haven't actually seen who they're pitching. Either one of them, you would. Yeah, I don't think either one of them have pitched in over a week. So, yeah, it, it might be a situation where you run one out there and the other one's the next man up. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you're, anyway, you're totally predictions right. against Arkansas. A... What do you think they do? Okay, Arkansas. I'm gonna say they win the Friday game. I'm honestly. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bounce back sweep. I think they might I think they might lose tomorrow and sweep Arkansas. A sweep. Look at this. I know. We didn't sweep a single opponent last season. Trust MacArthur and Pagnazzi more than I trust Smith and Johnson right now. I agree. (sighs) Arkansas pitching gave up six uh, eight and ten runs against Missouri. That's what I'm At saying. Home. Missouri's a terrible At hitting team. Good. That's what I'm saying. How does Van Horn? How does a Van Horn roster do that? Wow. I don't know. Um, not good though. So okay, that makes me think a sweep is somewhat possible. Maybe Arkansas played bad. Return to the equilibrium deal. 
I think we'll take two out of three. I think three of four this week. If they lose to Southern, I, I think they beat Southern. Sweep. Take two out of three from Arkansas. Okay, I'd be totally fine with that. I would love that outcome. I would say three and one. That would yes. be great. Um, and then you get Southern again, and then Bama, and then Memphis. Um, yep. It's an interesting little stretch here because it's almost like, I mean, Bama and Arkansas, their SEC weekends, and you know, but you, you you almost think that it'll be easier to win two of three from Bama and Arkansas than to win two of three, two Southern games and in Memphis. Yeah, well, I like their mid. Like I said, I like their midweek pitching better than I do their. I do, I do too, but I just watched too many Bianco, Memphis, and Southern games. Yeah, it's yeah, but that's that's mainly because they don't have a fourth star. They have a young guy they're developing right now, which yeah. who may he may not be in development stage. We'll see. Longer. I mean, MacArthur did what yeah. give up six to Memphis in one half inning, so we'll see. He did, but he's settled back. I mean, he he's he's been. This is, this is once again. This is us just flipping talking points because last time we had this conversation, you were criticizing MacArthur for doing that, and I was saying, yeah, but we answered right after. Does it really count? It's just funny. This we'll is what we do. Right this is what we do, folks. This is why you listen. Um, because we. So in conclusion, thirty minutes talking about this baseball team. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? They could be. They could fi- figure it out. They, they could. Eh, they probably somewhere in between. Probably somewhere in between. I mean, that's pretty much always the answer. They isn't feel it? like a fifteen and fifteen team is going to have really good, a really good RPI and whatnot. Then yeah. go flop in a regional, or they probably. could put it. Or go get eighteen wins, be a solid host, and then be a pretty decent, you know, Who be knows? a pretty good team. We'll see. Who knows? We'll have a better feeling. I mean, after this week, I we'll know. I mean, we'll know a little bit more. I don't know if we'll really know, but we'll see. We'll see if we can take some of the lessons from that uh, Sunday lineup shuffling into this week and maybe carry over some of that. See we'll if that was just a fluke or does that lead to something? Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm 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 definitely with you that I like the Frankenstein lineup. Um, it's a. It's at least worth trying. I mean, hell, what do we have to lose after exactly. getting swept and losing two to state and all that? Um. So, uh, where do we go from here, John? What's next? Let's talk a little football for a couple minutes. Okay, spring Chad football Kelly. underway. Yeah, no more. No more Chad Kelly. We learned today. No more Chad Kelly for the rest of spring. We'll be what are we gonna do, John? What are we gonna do? Uh, Chad's. We're gonna give Shay some reps because who, who now? What is that? Who? Shay. Who was Shay? Shay and then Peller. We're going to give the backups away. Shay Patterson. Huh. Yeah, that guy. I feel like I've heard of him, but he's a freshman, so I don't care, right? I mean, he's just a—he's like a pledge, right? He wears number twenty. That's like a backup running back number or whatever. I feel so like he's that. a backup running back. I yeah. did see in that uh, in that Army All American game, he caught that throwback pass like a wide receiver. <laughs> he did do that. He did chuck it down the field pretty good too. Yeah, he's decent. That guy's pretty good, I guess. So I guess it's fine to get him some more reps. Um, I. I think at this point, John, t- tell me if you're wrong, but I, there's no way in hell Shea Patterson's touching a red shirt. I think Shea Patterson's mopping up game no, one. No, he's the backup. You he's can't mopping up game one. both gone. <laughs> he's got to be. I mean, Powell and obviously uses red shirt already. Shea's not red shirting. No, Shea, I think Shea's taking snaps. Shea's going to have a package because it's A, freeze likes goofball packages. B, Shea's going to demand, demand. And he should. And he should get it, too, because we need to get him snaps to get him ready for Chad leaving next year. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it'll be he'll, interesting he'll, to see if he plays he'll, he'll against play Florida time. State. He'll play. He, he will be the garbage. He'll get significant either. time against Wofford week two. I, it'll, it'll depend on the he'll game if we see him. Pellon will play some, too, actually, I think. It'll be a little, he'll have a little competition. Yeah, it'll be cute. I think Pellerin probably leaves here pretty soon. 
Yeah, if they get Gabia, which we can get to recruiting here in a second, maybe that we look at that. Even if they uh, don't get him, they're going to keep recruiting. Like they're not, they're not banking on. And you hear stuff. You hear people say, "Oh, well, Pellerin's just being disrespectful to people outside the program." Blah blah blah. I I don't know. I follow recruiting with this program pretty hard. I don't think that they're comfortable with Pellerin being the starter at any point at, at right now. I uh, think he's a backup. It's, it's Chad to Shay to someone else. To someone else, they, right? The plan gotta, is not to Pellerin. They've got a couple of years to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Chad had sports hernia surgery performed here in Boston by a guy that performed wow. surgeries. Well, on Chad Patriot. is a damn Yankee. Yeah, he That's is. weird because usually our surgeries are done by uh, Dr. Andrews, right? Yeah, this is the best sports hernia guy in the world. And okay. Matt, okay. Yes, they, uh, the best sports hernia guys up here in Boston, apparently. So, we recommended by the Patriots and other trainers. So, this whole. Jedi conspiracy of mine that Freeze is becoming more Belichick-like is just further confirmed by using Pat's resources. Just think about Freeze. What else? Wait, yeah, tell me more about why is Belichick. Oh, I haven't run this by you. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. It doesn't sound like something I know. But Freeze started wearing hoodies at press conference. very Belichick-like. Um, yeah, I mean, Freeze, he's, he's Freeze pretty, looks like a slob sometimes, but he's not quite as bad as Belichick yet. Yeah, but he's getting there. He, he He's on the slob path. He does like to not shave, which is a total he Belichick does, move. Uh, he's getting there. He's, he's, he's only, what, Freeze is, what, 46? Just wait till he's 50. Dude, you know those college girls like that unshaven look? Apparently Forget I said that, folks. Forget I said that. Uh, yeah, I could, I could follow that. I, I think that... He's kind of gruff with the media, which you kind of have to be with. Uh, I think they're fundamentally different coach, like coaching styles, though. Belichick is not a player's coach. I think Belichick's more of a player's coach than people recognize. Maybe just because it's a whole, like, if they're outside of our walls, we don't care what they say. I mean, players like that, I guess. Here's the big comparison. Everybody's saying Ole Miss is cheating, Ole Miss is cheating, notice of allegations, the Pat, and they're like, leave us alone. It's kind of like the Pats, the NFL, the people always get blamed for cheating. So that was my first correlation. I was like, wait a minute, Freeze is wearing hoodies like Belichick. He's starting there. Wait, speaking of, John, the NCAA, did you hear about this? Ole Miss uh, defensive back, Tony Brown, probably will be suspended indefinitely by the NCAA. I Ole Miss, he meant Alabama. Alabama Oh, wait, that guy doesn't go to Ole Miss? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. But the NCAA is investigating him? Wait, what is this? I don't don't follow this. I, I don't get that. That... I it sounds assume, like is it is it is it PEDs or is it academics? I no, I I don't know. The article, the Sports Illustrated article, is like extremely vague. They say that the NCAA is looking to indefinitely suspend him. They give no sources. I have no idea. That sounds PEDs. It I sounds like PEDs, but the rumor is benefits. So I don't know. But it, I'm sure an Alabama fan will tell Wait, you. Alabama gives gives players benefits. That's what I'm saying, man. My mind's blown, too. That's, that's why I assumed he went to Ole Miss, because only one school in the SEC cheats, and we all know that. It's Ole Miss. Uh, no, but I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, John. I think Bama already already filed an appeal. I I guess Ole Miss did that with Tunsil. Huh? We filed appeals and stuff back in the fall. Yeah, but Alabama's going to be a lot uh both their chest out better than we did with the tough oh, situation. Yeah. We were we were pansies in part I can understand why with the three sport thing but Yeah. Well apparently we, um apparently the SEC kind of told us to stop like, you know, being pansies about it, the, to use your word there. They're the ones that set us up with Lightfoot, the the law firm apparently. Um wow. and apparently yeah, that's what I've heard is that Sankey and uh what's his face, the old commissioner um, uh, Slive. Slive, yeah. They've they've kind of come to Ole Miss and said, hey, stop letting the NCAA walk all over you. Let's get this taken care of, you know. 
Um, which yeah. is interesting. What happened with Ole Miss? That, that is just purely mind blowing to go back and think about. How, how Tunsil missed more than four games, I'll never understand. Why he ever missed a game, I'll never understand either. Because they, because I don't know how you don't just say that was a repair order. It seems but, like it's. It seems like mistakes were made at so many different levels. For starting with the Cannon Motors, some sort of an administrative mistake was made. It would seem. Uh, to give the NCAA Here's the stuff without problem. The people, the people that screwed up will never say that, never admit they screwed up. No, they don't, they don't think they screwed up. Which is, do you mean outside, bad. outside the athletic department or inside the athletic department? Uh, both. I'll say both. Yeah, I mean that's true. And I but... think Ross. I think Ross is competent, but I think at the end of the day, he wanted to, he was going to err on the side of cooperation because he's on the younger side of his career. He's not he's not necessarily going to be an old Miss. But see, forever. to me that's fine. Like I I would prefer to have an AD that is dealing with it that way than someone that's digging in basically to put off the inevitable at so Ole Miss. You don't want the Jay Jacobs type that gets Cam Newton unsuspended two days after he no, gets No, I want that, John, but I don't want the type that lies to donors and fans and says there's no big deal and then 6 months later when the NOA comes out it's actually a huge deal. See, Bjork wouldn't do that because he has a career to worry about. Freeze in July said Tunsil would play the next week at SEC Media Days but and that's he somehow different. spent 7 games afterwards. He didn't intentionally lie, but that's I'm not statement. talking about that case. I'm talking about with the NOA and stuff right now. I mean, yeah, we messed up with Tunzel. I don't know. I, yeah. The Tunzel thing, I doubt we'll ever really know what happened unless, you know, we get a one-on-one and someone's feeling extremely honest in the AD. But listen, let me tell you. The reality is it doesn't matter. And here's the other thing. The fact that Chad – check out had hernia surgery a week ago. The fact that that's the only real thing that's come out of camp it's is huge, really yeah. awesome. Really I mean, good. he's going to be back in workouts at three weeks. This doesn't. This does not matter. It's also interesting that he got surgery a week ago and it was very well controlled. The it didn't get out until they told Chuck to leak it. Yeah, it was all quiet, quiet. It's interesting. That's kind of the tack that they've taken as well in general in this athletic department. They like to be all. They like to keep things on oh, the. It works, uh, for, it works for me, man. I spot. mean, I just think I think it's know? funny that you have people like. Coach Thirty Four that you know breathlessly report all these updates from Oxford, but they never actually have anything like this. You know they don't actually have any updates. It's all speculation. Like, oh, this is going on in the NCAA. Blah blah blah. Better, go Make shit right. up. Yeah, I mean they're getting they're getting page views. I mean that's that's the game. Yeah. But yeah, um, sure. Yeah, you mentioned Tristan Gebbia earlier. We've talked about him on the show. He's down to Ole Miss in Nebraska. Took another visit to Oxford. Um, it sounds like the Rebels are in good shape. I, I would assume the biggest deterrent to a young quarterback looking at Ole Miss right now is probably Shea Patterson. Would you think that's fair? Yeah, but Gebby could redshirt Shea. I mean, your pit, here's your pitch to Gebby. Is that Shea is, is going to come in. He's play gone two, after three years. Go yeah. after 2018. 2018 job's wide open. Yeah. Gebby comes in. Your redshirt. So he would sit out, what, 17? And then he would then be the backup for 18, start as a sophomore, have three years. Yeah. And all you got to do is put together a thing like, look, we know there's true freshmen that have started across the country, but here's all the guys that redshirted for a year and how they turned out. And you can also look and say, here's Jarrett Lee or any other example of a guy that started a year too soon and then it wrecked him. Yeah. So the fact that Gabby is between Nebraska and Ole Miss, kind of, I think he's a good prospect, but not just a. A blazer prospects he probably i mean if there's any if there's any common sense they would recognize hey being able to sit for a couple years and learn is really good 
yeah. is good. Freeze's quarterback record's also very, really very good. good. Yeah. Uh, Mike Riley's a nice guy at Nebraska, but for God's sakes, it's Nebraska. Don't they play defense and run the ball? And it's the big, and they've they've done nothing to have known the Big Ten. They're kind of an. I mean, if you, I have no idea why a big time prospect would go to a school in the Big Ten other than Michigan or Ohio State. Michigan My, State would be the other one. Those three, that's it. My I mean, Penn guess State is it probably has a lot to do with his friends like Keyshawn Johnson Jr. that was in uh, in, in Oxford I don't with him. Keyshawn Jr. has any influence over his decision. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying why Nebraska made the top two to begin with. I mean, he yeah. he, he had Washington, he had uh, Wazoo in his final five. He had some pass-happy schools. In what scenario do you go to Nebraska I, yeah, Exactly. This? I don't understand that. If you're a QB, hey, I don't understand Tyler that either. Mike could go three and nine and they fire. I mean, uh, the Nebraska program has done, hasn't done squat since. I, I, the only thing that has overall missed for Gabia is it's closer to California where he's from. Yeah, but you get on a plane either way. It's not like one's a drive, one's a fly. Yeah. I mean – and there's, I guess you can get a direct flight to Omaha. Well, you can get a, there's a Memphis, there's an LA to Memphis flight, I assume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. it's, a, it's a direct flight either way. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It probably next couple of weeks he'll make a decision here. I don't think you put a, a time stand, a time frame on it, but he said soon. So, um, you know, John, interesting. I mean, you know, Ole Miss only has two commitments for this class. That is interesting. I think... And one of them's a, a JUCO defensive end, and the other one is um, D.D. Bowie. D. D. The, oh, three. Sorry, three, because they have Ben Brown, that two-star private school OL. Yeah, but he's tough. He's a rebel at heart. That's what the spirit board he's, tells he's, me. He's a grinder. He's a grinder. But, Steve, what do you what do you, what do you think's going on there? What what Why isn't Hugh Freeze trying to put some more pieces together right now? We heard, we heard Cam Akers was committing to Ole Miss, and this was – before the whole NOA and all that kind of got cranked up and the three months started and all that, I I think at this point it's safe to say that that's having some sort of an impact on Acres recruitment. Um, maybe maybe not. I don't, I'm not ready to say that yet. He decommitted from Alabama. I think that was step one. And if but, I if but I, I mean if he's I, being courted just as hard by Tennessee, Georgia, you know every other program in the country. It's not like decommitting from Alabama is just an old Miss thing. If I'm if I'm Acres and I go back on the market, I stay uncommitted for a while. You give give everybody the whole summer to make offers. I mean, sure, me too. It just goes against what we heard Acres' plan was, which was yeah, to commit be, last but month. But the reality is, what we hear is from it tends to be from optimistic old Miss people. That no, may, I heard that from from Jackson media sources that are not old Miss people. I mean, maybe maybe Freeze has told him to hold off, or maybe Acres didn't want to commit. I mean, how is that I less likely than Freeze telling him to hold off? Acres is basically a commit, and it's just a matter of announcing it. Tight because the. Cordarian, See, you're, you're Pollyanna right now. Well, no, I'm going to give you a reason because okay. Cordarian Richardson's yeah, committed yeah. Clemson. He's gone. So the other guy they're talking about is Ty Chandler, but there's rumblings just Chandler want to be the second, uh, the number two back in the class. I think they're trying to, I guess, is they're holding off on Acres to try to appease Chandler, but they can only go so long in doing that. This is, I think, I think Freeze out thinks himself on this crap sometimes. Oh, yeah. This happened with uh, Louis Fatasas recruiting at linebacker. Base. Well, I've heard it recently that Lua Fataza or whatever might have been told by Ole Miss to go to Utah. That's, I heard the story that when he was – that Freeze wanted him to be a December grad when he wasn't. Freeze they, said, right, they said. You know, a high school guy. Right, I, right. Free, I mean, yeah. Which Can't, would make I, sense. 
I'd be shocked if Cam Akers ended up at Ole Miss. Ty Chandler, I think they, they want Chandler and Akers. I don't know if they're going to get both of them. The fact they brought in some other kind of middle-of-the-road running back this past weekend tells me they're at least maybe thinking about kicking the oh, option. Yeah, Tyler Gear. Going, going to a B-list running back. Because I don't know if – I think Chandler wants to be the guy. I'll be honest, I don't have any real basis for this, but Chandler feels like a guy is highly – you know, he feels like a Mark Dodson that's like a – Highly touted, you know, 100, 150 player that may or may not be just a, a blazer versus may not be like a dynamic SEC player. Or Cam Akers, by all accounts, is a going to be a dynamic SEC player. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. They'll take two running backs, but I don't know if they're going to get Chandler. Yeah, we'll see. Um, couple other things to cover. We want to talk some MLB at the end of the show today. Before we get there, um, John, have you heard? Who Vanderbilt has hired to be the new basketball coach? I have not actually. Really? Wait, you haven't heard this? Maybe I have. I forgot who it who, was. If if you wanted to hire someone as an fu to older old Miss fans, who would you hire? To older old Miss fans? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, any old Miss fan over the age of twenty eight. Or twenty. Oh, what? What? They hired Bryce Drew. Yeah, Bryce. Oh, Drew. I saw he went. I thought he was going as assistant. Oh, that's Bryce that was, the new head coach at, at Vanderbilt. The Ole Miss fans know him from the buzzer beater. That's actually a good. I think that's a pretty. It seems like a good fit. Culturally. Not a bad hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad hire. It's Vanderbilt on the decline in basketball. Um, I I think they got to retool because obviously Stallings had his own thing going on with the Absolutely. transfers and the overseas guys, but. I, I really just I, – I think Vanderbilt can be good at pretty much any sport. They just have to tailor their recruiting. I mean, obviously James they Franklin They be good should. at baseball and – well – James Franklin well, was good at, ba- at football. It, it's all about recruiting the right was, guys, building the right system. That wasn't a flash in the pan. That wasn't a flash in the pan. It was because Franklin left. I oh, agree. He I, built I, that I, team for three years, but he could have built it for more if, well, if he had wanted to. I forgot. I can't bash Vanderbilt too much. I apologize. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> I forgot. I was trying to figure out where the hell was. No, it's true though. I think I think Vanderbilt, if they recruit the right guys with the right pitch, could probably be competitive just about anything. It just it's a time question. I tell you, know? you the SEC East is so winnable right exactly. now. Exactly. Now, if they got a football, they could do it. It'll be interesting to see what Mason does in year what, three because he was closer you know, in year two. Yeah, let, let, let's for shits and giggles, let's spend a minute on this. What do we think Kirby Smart's going to do at Georgia? Is he going to turn them into a 10-11 game a year winner? Well, there's only two outcomes, right? Either either they're 10 or 11 game winner or, you know, he lasts three years and he gets fired, right? I mean, they're yeah. not going to they're not going to keep him around to win eight. I would I wouldn't think. Exactly. Well, he's a Georgia to... guy. He went to Georgia. Yeah. And he's nice, right? I mean, he's kind of Rick-esque, right? I mean, they're not going to have well, any problems. He's with got him. this tougher. Tra- he's got some. I mean, he's got some saving runoff. He's going to be stricter with transfers and yeah. off the field. I mean, Rick was too nice, right? Rick, Rick Rick didn't play to win enough. He was too too Sunday yeah. school, yeah. exactly. So yeah, um, that's a good question. I'll be interested to see what he does as well. I I, I think that Ole Miss is going to rip him a new one. Uh, in Oxford, this this fall, I would hope so. I mean, it. This is a chance. Okay, so this is a chance for Freeze to show how much better he really has done than other new hires. You know what I mean? Freeze can go out there in year five and show that his program is on the same level or at a higher level 
than Georgia with the new coach. I think it's a big opportunity for them. Hell, Freeze could show everybody he's one of the five best coaches in the country. If he starts 4-0, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he can say, I got the best team in the country. If, if we start, if Ole Miss starts 4-0. Who's better at quarterback than Kelly? Uh, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield. But I agree, it's comparable. It's I comparable. don't think Baker Mayfield's better than Chad Kelly. He put Chad Kelly in the Big 12. Look what Chad Kelly did in Oklahoma State. It's true. It's I mean, true. Chad, Chad Kelly in the Big 12 would be dead. Chad Kelly's better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Deshaun Watson has a different skill set than Kelly. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's good. I wouldn't just I wouldn't automatically take Deshaun Watson over Kelly. So I have a question, John, about the whole sports hernia thing. Is this is that something that could have been nagging him throughout the season, or is that something we think developed just now? I read it was kind of somewhat nagging him, and they finally it was getting worse. So maybe that had something to do with him not running as much in the early season. I I doubt that. Or maybe him running in the later season aggravated it. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. It, it, to me, it's, that's not a big deal. It's get it done. You're back in three weeks. Remember when after Bo's first of three seasons, we were told that he had a separated throwing shoulder, and then that was just that we just lived with that for three years. Well, that happened. We saw that <laughs> against Tulane. Yeah, we saw tangible proof of both the event occurring and the impacts on his arm strength. Remember that wheel route he threw against UTEP before he got before he got separated there. Yeah, that was good stuff. Oh well, this is, we've gone way off topic. Uh, do you want to talk some MLB before we wrap here? Yeah, sure. Couple of finish up Cruton Willie Gay starting to build high linebackers on campus. That's a he's number. He's probably the he's the best in state linebacker prospect to come along in the freeze era. Maybe what about Sam Leo Lewis. Well, probably the number maybe number two behind Leo. We'll see. I mean, we'll see next season what Leo Leo's going to have a big chance with State switching to that three four. Yeah, that's very true. They're going to need a lot of linebackers. Yeah, he he has to play. If Leo's not ready, they're going to be in trouble. I'm I I mean that among other reasons. I kind of think they're in trouble. I mean, switching to a three four, I I don't know about that. <laughs> I I think that's a that's a bold move, in your first year in the SEC West to try to retool your entire defense like that. I mean, it well, makes sense because they're they're thin on the DL and they have a lot of linebackers. Who's their coordinator still, now? Honestly, his name's, his name's Peter Sermon. He's from USC. He lives in Birmingham. Wow, I forgot that. I don't even know if I registered the fact they hired him. Anyway. Hey, you, you, you remember, because uh, they were State was like, we got USC's recruiting coordinator. And then, like, it turns out USC was, like, not retaining him. Like, they like he was fired from USC. Oh, that's right. That's right <laughs> and yeah. they, were like, they were like, nah, he's the shit. Anyway. It's classic. Classic State. Uh, I think Ole Miss has got a great chance fire. to get Willie Gay. Willie Gay, obviously, position well, especially, especially, John, because think about what's going to happen to Mullen if he goes 6-6 six and six this year. Mullen very likely is going to go six and six or seven and five. And Ooh. Willie Gay is 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 Mullen going to be in position to recruit a recruit like Willie Gay after going six and six? His job security is going to be in question. That will have been four Mullen or five to four, freeze, right? Hypothetical, hypothetical. Yeah. Mullen goes four and eight. Does he get another year? I I would say my answer is yes, but he's yes on the because seat. of the contract and the salary. But I don't. Who are they going to go? Who are they going to go hire? I don't think him? Mullen is capable of going four and eight. He, his system is is legit. I think his system in another conference would be a a occasional contender. It's just it's not good enough for the SEC. They can't recruit South well enough. Win this is state schedule. South Carolina win at home. No, it's an it's a light schedule. At LSU, lost. Yeah. 
Auburn at home. That's a big coin flip game. That's a swing for their season That's as well. That's a swing game for both teams. Both I heard rumor is from Table Cobbles and Auburn to bring in a thug Juco, which they may get their yeah. quarterback. Gun to my head, Auburn wins that game. I think Auburn bounces back later. I think Auburn's Irish. better next year, but still deeply flawed. I think Gus leads his way to barely keep his job. That's going to be entertaining. They don't circle. have a defense. All they have is Carl Lawson. Are that's that's their whole D-Y defense. In Provo? What the hell are they doing? Oh, because... Well, they're also against Taysom Hill. They're losing that game. I know, and you know they're you know they're playing UMass in Foxborough. Yeah, that doesn't matter. UMass is terrible. Yeah, but I'm saying their schedule is bonkers. It doesn't they make only any have sense. Six home games. Yeah. Yeah. No, they play in Provo and in Gillette Stadium because uh, it's because um, somebody canceled on them. They had a That's game fun. with some Power Five, and they were like, "Nah, we're good." So, the, so they had to, so they had to schedule an away game with UConn. So they so here so they're going to lose to LSU, Auburn, BYU. I'll say they beat Kentucky. It's in it's in Lexington. That's not a gimme, but I'll give it that. Dan Mullen beats Kentucky. That's what he does. Period. A uh, and M at home. Swing game for both teams. State wins that because A and M is going to play. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, someone's coaching for his job next year. At Alabama, lost. A $5 million dollar job. Lost. Coaching for a $5 million dollar job, you'll do some crazy shit. All right, let's do it. So, State, they're going to lose to Ole Miss, Bama, yep. uh, BYU, LSU. LSU. That's four losses. Yep. Swing games. Arkansas at home, A&M Ooh. home at Kentucky. Wait, Arkansas and Starkville? Yeah, they'll win that. Because, like, uh, who is Arkansas? What is Arkansas going to do next Arkansas year? always plays better at the end of the year. It's true, so. but no, they don't They don't have a quarterback. They don't have either of their running backs. They lost all their defensive linemen. Yeah, they lost their tight end. A bunch of dudes, too. I mean, it, my point is it's a it's – a, I think there's about three or four swing games on here. The, the automatic wins I see are Samford, yep. um, UMass, yeah. South Carolina. I'm going to give them as automatic. Yeah, and South, yeah. South. So there's four losses, four wins. It would be plus, hilarious if – wait, do they open – How do they do the swing games? Do they open with South Carolina? What's their opener? They'll open with South Alabama. South Al- of course. Yeah, they'll win that one. I have a, I have a suspicion. Um, it would be hilarious if Muschamp pulled something out of his ass. Is it in Sarkville? Yes. That would be hilarious. <laughs> But so I can see Muschamp putting a defensive effort together and Carolina win thirteen ten game. Right, that would be hilarious. And Muschamp's on the sidelines, like spitting and screaming, and <laughs> that would be so good. And Mullins just on the sidelines laughing as I was going to say six and six or seven and five, but they're playing BYU and they're going to lose that game. I'll say this team. This is a six and six state team. I think. I mean, see, okay. The problem with these predictions is we're probably dead wrong on some other teams. You know, like what we're they, like watch. A and M be good, Auburn be terrible. I mean, shouldn't LSU should be good on paper? LSU is going to win nine games because they, they have should. an NFL roster except for quarterback, which is a tr- and linebacker. They should that game? That game is probably one of Ole Miss's big swing games next season in Baton Rouge. Agree. Yeah. Um. But before it would, I don't. We'll get into some MLB in a second. But like, I want to over under on attendance for that game at Gillette Stadium. Is it five, is it four thousand? Oof, it's not above ten. Yeah, over under ten is an easy under. I'd say it's gonna be cold as hell. September twenty fourth could be a really nice day. Okay, but no, but people are gonna be doing a gazillion other things like go yeah. to K B. Okay, question. Uh, Sixty seven hundreds over under. So definitely, 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 definitely less state fans than at the Belk Bowl because they traveled a little bit for that or the Orange Bowl. It's it's gonna be what like three or four thousand state fans, and then like a couple thousand randos. 
three or four thousand state fans. Yeah, they travel. They're an SEC team. Any any state fan that lives in the Northeast, I ain't going is, up there that it, But but there are state fans that live in the Northeast. There are uh, people need elevator engineers. You know what I'm saying? In big cities, they they're there. Yeah, there's other schools that can do that. Okay. You're right. The only elevators they know are great elevators. Come on, you're ruining my burn, bro. There's about half a dozen or so state fans I've met at these SEC alumni functions. I hope you heard that, audience. There's more Ole Miss people than there are state people up here by a notable Okay, so maybe the under is like 4,000, 3,000. Under 3,000. There's no way in hell there's more than 3,000 state fans at that game. It's just it's such a shitty game. That's I mean, such weird scheduling. It, it doesn't matter. Whoever gets to broadcast that game sucks for them. Well, they get to, well, Boston September is nice. They can make. Is that better or worse than the the USM kickoff last year at like nine thirty p.m.? Oh, uh, that's actually better because you can go do stuff in Boston if the weather's cooperative. Okay. USM's in Hattiesburg. It is. That's in, accurate. Listen, the discussion. If you're wondering. All right, let's do. Let's talk about these. Uh, All right. Well, no, we got to do one more thing before we talk about. Okay, baseball. I've had this Rangers game on the whole time. What's been going on here? Uh, King Felix. Hamels just got out of the seventh, so it's three two Rangers going to the bottom of the seventh. Um, question for you: yep. Does Butch Jones still have a job? Turns out he does somehow. Did, wasn't there a report this last week that like Knoxville police like tampered or like? Well, was, I think what ha- what what it is is um, man, it's so crazy how this is a total sidebar. MLB parks are so big that you get all those drop in pop ups. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um. What happened was they FOIA'd, the Tennessean FOIA'd phone records for Butch Jones. Yeah. And they found that the the chief of Knoxville police plus the, this is hilarious, the liaison to the Tennessee football team, someone worked at the Knoxville police the department. The liaison. Their job is to be the liaison to the UT football team. Now, let's I be know. totally honest. There's got to be probably two of these in Oxford. No, they don't call them liaisons. They call them officers, and it's all of them. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, Oxford PD is, I don't think, on the same level as a Knoxville or a Tallahassee PD. I don't think Oxford PD would cover up a sexual assault case. I think generally the rule is if the player didn't hurt anyone else or put them or put anyone else in danger, they're probably going to get released to the coach. If they did, the Oxford police yeah. would probably book them. That's right. Um, but uh, so the phone records show that the liaison chief of police called Butch Jones like five or six times for several minutes at a time. And this was hours before they searched the apartment where the, where the sexual assault happened. So they had, they had a long warning window there. And then later, uh, Dre Bowles or no Butch Jones. Yeah. Dre Bowles, I think called Butch Jones. This is after he got punched in the face in the locker room and they talked for like 10 minutes. Apparently that's when Butch called him a traitor. Um, and then that night at like 8 p.m., Butch called Dre Bowles' father, who was a cop, and also Dre Bowles, and that's apparently when he apologized or whatever. So, I mean, it's not like they know what was said on the phone calls, but it's just corroborating, co- corroborating evidence for Bowles' testimony that Butch said all that shit to him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, no, it's... it's so, when's... Uh, I assume you've seen Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if you watch Better Call Saul, I have not watched this season. I watched season one. I'm gonna well, watch I'll, this season. I'm just, I I'm just, yet. I'm just well. It's not on Netflix yet, which is my it ha- It's not. Well, okay. I have it all DVR'd, but I just haven't. So I just want to know when Better Call Saul Knoxville is coming out. This is what it sounds like. Old Tennessee Police Department is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, I, 
that's such a weird town, such a weird fan base. Also, in that same case, they they tried to have the federal trial for the sexual assault lawsuit moved from Nashville to Knoxville, and the judge denied it, which is very fitting. Like, why on earth would you let them do that in Knoxville? Like, the fact they're even asking for it is just proof that they're going to get a, a, an easier, more sympathetic jury, you know? Yes, it's crazy. It is. It is crazy. All right, enough Tennessee depression for the day. Enough. Uh, let's finally get around to baseball. So I wanted to ask you, as a Cubs fan, yep. their openers tonight, later yep. tonight. It's ten o'clock Eastern. It's really late. It is late. When? What are your expectations for the season? Give me your thoughts on the Cubbies. Well, it's a pretty good lineup. I think you might have heard. Um, maybe you should start with the the over under you got there for Bavada. What are they? At? Was it ninety two? Ninety two and a half, which I've seen the Cubs up at ninety four, ninety five a lot of places. This is the only on this Bavada sheet that we're looking at. Cubs uh-huh. only more, expect to win more than ninety games. Now I do think, but it's like I, I told I think, you before. It's it seems like they're going for over bets because the totals are pretty low. The no yeah, one's they, over ninety two, and what there were three teams in the NL Central that broke a hundred last year. Or broke ninety five. The Cubs had ninety seven. Um, oh, it was only the Cardinals that broke 100. I thought in the end Cardinals the Pirates, Pirates the Cubs did, too. They were all 95. Yeah, they were all over 95. Five big number. Yeah. Um, I think the Cub numbers. About right. The Cub numbers probably. If anything, I would think the Cub number would be moved up high because a lot of Cub fans are going to want to bet over and say, yeah. this, this is the year. True. So, so I always said it. Here my, here's what I, is, is kind of an outside. I mean, I like the Cubs, but I'm. Not like I wouldn't say myself as a fan. I'll probably root for them against most teams. Right, just because it's fun to watch youth. I mean, that's basically here's, why I started watching the team last year is because young here's, talent. Here's what I'd be worried about: is okay. Arietta is the number of innings he threw last year coming back this year? I think Arietta's season last year was pretty fluky. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's been a he, middle of the pack pitcher his whole career. So if he ends up being a solid pitcher, not a great pitcher, I think that throws off the rotate because they're four and five. I question. I agree. And John Lester Hamilton at this point Hendricks. in his career is, is not as stat Lackey base. and Lester, their names we know, but they're, they're, old, they're aging. Ball. They're I, aging. The rotation. I feel like they're going to have at least one hiccup in the rotation. From I agree with that. They had lots of hiccups last year. Now they have a lineup that can hit. Let's not kid ourselves there. Yeah, but, that's the that's the upside is that there's power at every spot in the lineup. But you have a lot of young guys in there too. I could see. I mean, the, a little bit of the sophomore slump thing is might be a possibility. How good's the bullpen? That's the part really stuff. It's definitely not a strength. That's what I really know about it. I mean, I I watched the Cubs all of last season and still no one really emerged out of the bullpen. They didn't really pick up any bullpen arms that I can think of either. I think the I think the starting pitching is vulnerable. It's a team think, that's built on offense. That's I think sure. the lineup could slump a hair just because of the sophomore jinx. They're still going to be a good lineup. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I but think they're, it's it's they're not going to be like well, someone like Schwarber. I I don't think he's going to have the same success he had. We saw it last season start to drop off. Yeah, um, like, yeah. I, I would agree with you. I, I guess if you're a Cubs fan, best case scenario is Arietta is just as good this year. Lester is one of the best, you know, number twos out there. Best case scenario is that this is the same team as last year, except everybody's got another year of experience. Right. Even, and you also you're, added Ben Zobrist well, and Jason Hayward. And you added Zobrist and Hayward to make the line. And you, and you dropped Starlin Castro, who was mentally one of your weakest links. links. Exactly, and you can go win 105 games doing that. But I... I mean, but it's baseball, and you can't win just with offense. you, you got to have some pitching and defense. I think 92 is a good number for the Cubs. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't. I think low 90s is where they're at. 
the idea of them like winning over 100 games just doesn't. I don't Dude, see how, that. How how easy is this Nationals under 89.5 bet? To me, that's an obvious one. Well, they would get the Phillies and the Braves in their division. Yeah, but how many did they win last year? Didn't they? I mean, the Marlins are eh. How many did they win last year? The thing is, though, is that they have Dusty Baker as their manager, which I would, yeah. which would that would lead me to go under the 89 and a half. I'm trying to find their record from last year. They were like, barely 500 because the that's Mets what ran I away. That's they were like two and eighty, give or take. Yeah, so I, I don't know what what else jumps out at you. We're looking at these over unders, Cardinals. I'd take, I'd take over that eighty seven point five. I suppose. I think they lost guys. I, I, Card- I know, I know they have problems, but they're still the Cardinals. They'll they find a way. I think that logic gets you in trouble betting the over here. I wouldn't touch. Well, the I don't. Cardinals. Yeah, I don't really bet on yeah. stuff like this anyway. Put a, put a gun to my head, I would go under the season. The season long stuff. Uh, you're taking over on that 82 for the Diamondbacks, right? Yes, you got to. Cubs. You know what? We'll run down this real quick, just because I'll, just because it, it if you make me had to pick one, I'd go under the Cubs. Gun to my say. head. It's 92.5. They can't see these. So under 92.5 for the Cubs. Yep. Mets 89.5. Oh. Go right under probably. I'd go over. Yeah, they have good. I mean, they have the best pitching. They're um, week. Um, Giants eighty nine point five. It's an even over. year. Yep, it's an even year over. Dodgers at eighty eight and a half or too high. I yeah, go under. Under on that, I agree. Under on the Nationals at yep. eighty nine and a half. You're taking under at eighty seven point five for the Cardinals. Correct. Okay, Pirates. I'll go over eighty six point five. They're pr- they're a sleeper in the Central every Gun year. Gun to my head, the Pirates run around 90. The Cubs run around 92. Yeah, I think Pirates that's fair. I'm taking over on 82.5 for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I, I know, think the Giants win the NL West. The D-backs finish second. The D-backs finish ahead of the Dodgers. That's fair. I know nothing about the Marlins. 79.5, I guess that sounds right. They're that hard. sounds high. They're average. That sounds high, but they play the Braves and the Phillies, who are yeah. atrocious so many times. Yeah. I'll say over on the Marlins. I'll say they go 500. Okay, Padres, 73.5. I mean, that could go either way. That's they right still have Justin Upton all those dudes. Yeah. They kind of went for it last year that fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll Reds, go over with 75. Over, okay, 75. Reds, I mean, I'll I'll take the under. under. Yeah, 70.5. Rockies, I'll, I'll take a hair over 70.5 for the Rockies. Yeah, I agree. I think they're an over. Um, Brewers, I I'm tempted to go over on that too because they're so young. I think the Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Cubs got to beat somebody to win all their games. Let's we're the Brewers. If we're taking the Reds over, we kind of have to go the Brewers under. No, I took Reds under. Oh, you took the Reds I took under. Rockies over Reds. Under. Oh, we both took the Reds under. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Those two teams are gonna get killed. They're right. They're, yeah, the the Reds and the Brewers are sacrificial lambs for the rest of the division. But right. Braves um, and Phillies are both Braves ma- sixty six and a half. Doesn't matter. What I mean, over under, it's, it's shitty no matter what. They're not going to be good. The Phillies sixty five and a half. Oof. Yeah, that's who knows. Braves under, Phillies over, and I wouldn't bet those amount. Well, you couldn't. No, I wouldn't. All right, let's run through the AL here. Astros at eighty seven point five. Seems about right. Over. Okay. They went ninety. Blue Jays, I might go over that 87.5. They have a good team. Uh, gun to my head, they win the division. Yeah, I would go over. Red Sox, I'm going under on this 86.5. I that's have for no, sure. Uh, I've seen the Red Sox at 87.5. I have no idea why people think they're going to win 86.5. you got to go under that, right? That's ridiculous. I mean, for, I mean, 
Pablo got benched for Travis Shaw yeah, before the season started. I don't, I don't the Red Sox under, and their rotation has no depth. Interesting. We got um, World Series winning Royals at eighty five point five. I mean, I would probably take that over there. Logic says t- traditionally, outside of a specific situation, a team has been in the World Series two years in a row is going to be tired. See, yeah. San Francisco Giants notorious for this. Yeah. However, I don't really like anybody else in that division. The everybody's picking the Indians to be a sleeper. Yeah, I don't believe it when it's. But they have Corey Kluber and what else? They don't have any offense. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, That's some other young pitching. They don't have any offense. I say the Royals go over because I mean, eighty six gets you over. I would think the Royals go eighty six. Yeah, I would think Yankees eighty five point five. Interesting. I think the Yankees are interesting this year. Under because of the injuries they've had recently. Yeah. But the Yankees could win ninety. They could they could win the division with ninety. They, they have a great bullpen, and they added Chapman, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Andrew Miller, one of the guys, uh, broke his wrist. Though he'll be out for a month at least. Yeah, maybe two months. Uh, Chapman's out for. I have months. Dylan Batances and Michael Pineda on my fantasy team. I think. Yeah, well, you got the one Yankee reliever that's healthy, so that's good. Yeah, thank God. Um, Let's see here. Indians eighty four point five. We just talked about this. I'd go under. You got your Rangers here at eighty four point five. That... I like the Rangers this year. You like them I... over that? Yeah. Oh, I got Mitch Moreland on my team too. Moreland's developed into a solid five hole hitter. Um, they added Desmond to the outfield. Odor's got another year. I didn't know that. For him, yeah, Desmond's um, good. They've got a good lineup again. Assuming Beltray can, you know, he's getting a little older, but can still hit. Is is Shinsu Shu? Is he a? Yeah, he's a two hole hitter. He's out there. He's probably getting overpaid, but he's. What solid. kind of hitter is he? He hits for average. What's his What's his game? Uh, switch hitter, but he's way better off the left than the right. So, but he he doesn't have. Is he a power? He's not a power guy, is he? He's kind of a middle of the road guy. that hit about twenty homers. Okay, I like that. I like that kind of he's, player. Theoretically, he's a leadoff guy when he was playing in Cleveland, and I forget where and wherever the hell else he was. But yeah. uh, the Reds. That's where he had his big year. But, but the Rangers. Rangers lead off who? A.O.? Liners and Shields. And then a shoe. I mean, that's it. They have a pretty have a good lineup. Okay. Darvish, like is, if Darvish can come back and be effective early June like, like he's supposed to, I mean, he's taking a substantial amount of time with the Tommy Johns, then mm-hmm. I think they have a shot really good with Darvish, Hamels, Holland, mm-hmm. and then a couple Perez, another guy, left-hander that can throw hard. They could be right. I think that. I think the Rangers win the West. Astros are the wild card. Okay, I can I can take that. I can. Rangers eighty one and a half. Oof. We skipped the go. Mariners eighty two point five, but I don't know anything about them. Either that sounds about right. Sure. I would go under. I think they maybe for the t- for the Tigers or for the Mariners. Mariners under for the Mariners. Tigers are interesting. All right. Under for the Tigers. Okay. Angels at eighty one point five. Under. I think they implode. Not not too high on the AL this year. Um, Reds eighty one and a half. I'll take the over. Sure, White Sox. I'll take the under on eighty point five. Real seven and a half. I think we got to sacrifice somebody in that division. Go under. Yep. Yep. Twins seventy eight and a half. Ah, well, I, I I don't know on that one. Over. They surprised. I'm taking the A's over as well because I think they added some decent. I think the A's under. I think the A's are bad. We're in, re- in full rebuild. We'll see. I think the A's are going to have a, a decent season. Yeah. We'll see. Final thought. Give me a Masters winner. Oh, what? I don't know. Name uh, a golf. 
Name a golfer. Uh, what about Rory McIlroy? How he's, how's he there playing? There you go. Completes the Grand Slam. That would Sanders. be cool. That would be cool. Or what? Wait, Rory McIlroy? Oh, but not a not a calendar Grand Slam. No, yeah, a but career. he's never won the Masters. A career is... Grand Slam. So him. What about Jordan Spieth? He's been he's been up and down this year is so he far. A little bit. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's played better lately. He's been he's been all yeah. right and spectacular okay. but who knows I mean Augusta's kind of one of those places where local knowledge works out for people so yeah I think Jason Day's hot McElroy's who's mean, in the field that's won the Masters before ooh Adam well, all the past champions get invites so right well, yeah. so, so everyone but who are there I mean what Bubba's won before I Bubba, I mean Bubba's playing pretty well. It's, I, there's a lot of people going and playing. Well, Adam Scott's playing well. Yeah. A couple times. yeah, I remember Jason, Adam Scott's won it. Yeah, Jason Day is playing very well. I would pick Jason Day if you get it, maybe name a favorite. Dustin Johnson's uh, finished third this past week. I think he could be a guy that finally jumps up if he can get out of his own way mentally, which is a big ask to be honest. For any, for any of us, really. Mickelson's playing pretty well this year. I think he's he pokes around. McElroy has been solid. I think I could see McElroy having a big week, um, but I think between I think that's that's my thought. Spieth, I think finishes. That's your prediction that you just listed a bunch of random people. That's a good prediction, John. Pretty much, D- Jason Day wins. It. Okay, Jason Day is your pick. Got it. Yeah. I hope. Um. I I know all of our listeners out there. They've had a pen and paper this whole time, just like scrawling down each one of our predictions individually. So hopefully, uh, we'll we'll let you guys keep score at home. We don't really remember what we say from week to week. I'll be honest. Uh, we don't. And I mean, it, it makes better pod that way because we can just change up our arguments at random and just assume different sides. The only prediction I know that matters is that Amari Cooper is a good NFL receiver. That's the only prediction that matters. That wasn't even the debate. And what was the John, debate? I think I was proven right. With what Treadwell's was the debate numbers. then? I've lost the, de- the debate was that Amari Cooper wasn't better than Treadwell. They threw it to him more. They emphasized him more. And then this season, we emphasized Treadwell, and he had crazy numbers. That's true. I, 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 the I, true I test, the John. Was, the, I thought the debate was was how big of a hit was Alabama going to have with a Mark, without a Mark Cooper. That it became that, but my my real argument was that Amari Cooper wasn't better than Treadwell, and I think the true test is going to be NFL production. So we still have a few more years to figure out who won that argument. Thankfully for the listeners, they're, they're both going to be productive in the NFL. They're different receivers. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So that is just my argument confirmed that Laquan's better. Thank you for agreeing. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about it again. <laughs> I'm sure. We've covered lots on the show today. Guys, if you stuck with us uh, up to this point, we appreciate it. Uh, a little bit over an hour, 15 minutes here. So you're a, you're a true fan of the show. You enjoy hearing us just kind of go all over the place. And we did that today, but it was a, it was a good time. Um, I guess we'll have to re- re- recap spring football next week because it's over with nothing's Saturday. Nothing's happened, but There's yeah. Nothing. No news is good news. That's our spring football recap. It's true. Well, before next week, we'll look through some of the stuff that Freeze has said to reporters and see if we can come, like find some stuff that we haven't talked about. Because Chad some, Kelly had some pretty fantastic quotes the other week. He did. He did. And there's some stuff. You know, Willie Hibbler playing linebacker, and you know, Liggins is still getting a lot of pub at tackle, and people are saying Alex Gibbons is going to be a starting right tackle. So, uh, who's Sean Curtis moving to? Yeah, Sean man. Curtis, not no longer a linebacker. There's uh, some. There's some he's stuff. A uh, probably. Um, there's some there's some stuff that uh, we'll get into spring football wise next week. We'll talk about the baseball team, of course, um, as we as we do every week during baseball season here, and and see what else comes up. Um, you know, we'll we'll 
<laughs> we'll talk about it as we come up, as it comes up. I guess we can say. Um, I always feel like I I kind of sputter here at the end, John. It's hard to just like stop talking. Um, but I, I guess I'll stop here and thank you for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. You know the drill by now. Um, but other than that, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.